We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. I was going to play an intro there, but uh, something else popped up. So we're going to go straight into it and just, uh, you know, it's, it's week one. We'll figure it out by week two. Sorry about that. Uh, more than anything, we got football. We've been talking about drafts all offseason. We talked about DFS strategy, done all this stuff. We have games. We have slates. We have salaries. Uh, we have matchups. We have over-unders. Andrew, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, how's everybody? How are you this morning? I'm good. Yeah. Everything feels like very real now. It just felt like we were starting to get ready. And it was like, yeah. oh, wait, there's still so much time left. And we finally made it. We did. There was a there was a game last night, and in in rare form, we actually had a really fun opening that game. Usually, they end up kind of being weird, but a really fun back and forth game. Uh, probably a game Dallas should have won if they had a kicker that uh, can make some kicks. But um, you know, Tom Brady with a minute and a half on the clock needing a field goal. It's uh, at that point you're like, yep, yeah, I can shut this off because I know what's going to happen, and he uh, he did it again. So. But we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk Sunday slates every uh, every week. That means that uh, we'll, we're going to skip talking about the Thursday night game. We're talking, skip talking about Sunday night this week. That's uh, Chicago at the Rams. Uh, Monday night's not going to be our main slate. That's Baltimore and Vegas. Unless we have some ridiculously huge thoughts on those games, we probably won't hit on those very much, uh, just because we're kind of concentrating the main slate. Uh, I'm Scott Jensen. It's just at the top. Thanks to WinBet for sponsoring the podcast. Andrew, anything? Intros you want to make before we kind of jump into the slate? I think that everybody kind of knows who both of us are. We've been doing this for a couple of years now. Uh, anything you want to say before we kind of look at week one? Yeah, I'm going to warn everyone that we've been talking about changing the format yep. of this podcast. And, you know, obviously we're still talking about week one of the NFL season. But I think <laughs> instead of going through positions by position, which we'd, we're trying to basically lump in cash game and GBP conversations and I'm going to attempt to think that we've found a better way to do it. We're going to find out as we obviously haven't had a slate to, uh, to try this out on, but I think we're going to try to concentrate more on or like a cash game discussion for a little bit. And then a majority of the conversation to be about GPPs just because I think more people are interested in how to win a million dollars as opposed to $3. And so hopefully this, uh, this new format pushes them in that direction. Yeah, and I think it's also that you know we we probably ended up talking about too many players before just because we got you know we're we're talking about every position and then guys' names come up. I, I still have a lot of players to talk about, so I don't know if we'll we'll still hit a lot of players and we're not going to skip guys, we're not going to skip games, but it's, I think it'll help a little bit towards you know not just listing too many players and kind of maybe uh, narrowing it down for you a little bit, which should help out. And uh, so hopefully it'll work. But 
Let's look at the slate. Uh, we've got 13 games on the slate. Obviously, it's a full slate with uh, you know just the three primetime games. We've got 13 games on Sunday. Uh, nine of those are at the, the 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock Pacific slot. And then we have four games in the, in the later slot, later window. So pretty good setup. Uh, we talked about the primetime games that we'll be skipping. But uh, let's jump into some uh, – look at some of the games in terms of the totals. You know, obviously, uh, Vegas uh, over-unders uh, are a prediction of, uh, you know, what Vegas thinks the, the, game, the total of the game will be. Both teams scored com- uh, points scored combined. Obviously, a high total means we should have uh, – we're, predict- we're anticipating more offense. Low total means we're you know, predicting more of a defensive game. Um, you know, it's a good starting point to see like what games we may want to stack in DFS, what games we may want to target some players, and when the games we want to avoid games. You know, we've got some. There's uh, there's one game that's a 41 and a half uh, over under. So you know that's uh, you know a game that you probably you, know, you may want some one offs there, but you know maybe stacking is not the best idea. But let's start at the top. Uh, we've got uh, the, the 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 always uh, high total Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, they score a lot of points. Um, their defense is pretty good, but they, they they do get some shootouts. They're playing the Browns this week. Really good game. We have some good games on the slate this week. Uh, Cleveland at Kansas City over under a 54, which is a really high number. You know, usually we see every once in a while we see them 55, 56, 57s, but 54 is a pretty big number for Week One. Yeah, for sure, and it's obviously one that I think a lot of people are going to be interested in. It's you know we'll go into some strategies a little bit later of like whether that's a game that you should prioritize or not. But yeah, anytime the Chiefs are on it, you're going to have you know people going that direction because it's just kind of fun to have Patrick Mahomes on your team and whoever's going to catch those passes. So yeah, I expect that game to be fairly popular, especially because there's some interesting runbacks that you can use from the Brown side. Yeah, and I think even maybe more popular than usual because we do have, you know, what we should have said at the top that these salaries came out a month and a half ago. So we do have right. some, we do have some cheap guys that wouldn't have been as cheap. One of them we lost this week. I think Gus Edwards would have been really popular in DFS, but obviously he tore his ACL or they think so, MRIs today, but he's not going to yeah. play this week. Um, but there are this is a week where you can probably get in maybe an extra expensive guy because there are some there are some really, really dirt cheap guys that we'll talk about. Uh, next up on the high totals, a game that I really like in terms of trying to figure out a way to play this is Arizona. Arizona at Tennessee. Uh, both of these teams, the over-under is 52. Both of these teams were in the top six in offensive plays per game. They both play really fast. You don't really think about that as Tennessee. You kind of think of them as kind of, you know, Derrick Henry handing the ball off, but they do run a lot of plays. Um, the Ten- the Titans had the highest average game total in the NFL last year. They were like 58 points average, which is just, again, what you don't think, but they score a lot of points. Now they can, I mean, they can pass. They have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones now, and they give up a lot of points too, which is, you know, as we talk about games you want to stack, we're like, oh, this offense is great. You got to make sure that, you know, they got to give up some points on the other side too. You want uh, you want 38-35, not 38-7 we're talking about stacking games. So that's a game that uh, I actually like a little more on the total than I do the Cleveland uh, Cleveland uh, Chiefs game. So that's probably my favorite game in terms of, like, the, the potential for getting a back-and-forth action here. Uh, then we, later in the day we have, uh, we have Green Bay at New Orleans. This is uh, over under 50. I think it's an interesting game because – we don't know what we're getting from New Orleans. You know, this is the first year in forever. There's no Drew Brees. Um, you know, Michael Thomas is not playing. This is just a, it's a different New Orleans team. I think we still think that Sean Payton will, you know, find ways to score. They're starting Jameis Winston. Uh, we don't know how much Taysom Hill is going to be involved, but that overrunner is 50. Obviously, the Packers can score and the Packers can give up points too. So that should be an interesting one. But you look at the Saints. I mean, the Drew Brees missed four games last year. They scored 24 or fewer points in three of those four games. So they, they really struggled without him last year. Yeah. I mean, some of those games were Taysom Hill games, and I just like, yeah, for sure. I just don't know how you can accurately like. I, I don't think those are predictive of anything that we're going to see this weekend, unless we end up seeing a lot more Taysom Hill than we all expect. And in which case, that game could just be a dumpster fire from the Saints side. <laughs> yeah, I. You got to think that if you know Jameis won the job in camp, they're going to actually commit to him. They've said that Taysom's going to be more a gadget guy than like the, not the backup guy. But my concern then is, you know, every third and short, maybe he comes running on the field. And I don't, you know, he did a lot last year. 
Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But it'll be interesting to see how they how they kind of play it this year without without Drew there. Uh, and then the last game I wanted to highlight on the high toes like forty nine and a half, so kind of right at that fifty threshold that I use. It's kind of an arbitrary one, but you know one that usually splits the the field up pretty good. Uh, Seattle at Indy forty nine and a half, interesting game. Seattle tends to actually play well on these, uh, you know, go to the East Coast, play at 10 a.m. games that nobody plays well in. Uh, they're like uh, 67% winners with, uh, with with Russell Wilson since they've uh, been playing those games. But an interesting game because I don't think we know what we're going to get from Indy. We know what we're going to get from Seattle, but they have a new offensive coordinator. I think the um, the the shift to hand the ball off 100 times a game we saw in the second half last year, I think that's out the window with the new offensive coordinator. You, you have to hope so. Uh, yeah. But obviously it ends up being – most of us think that, and so maybe the contrarian way is to right. – think that they're going to still do that. But yeah, like all of these high total games are going to be ones that people are going to target. And I think one of the important things, at least for, you know, the larger field GPPs is like, you don't necessarily have to fade these games just to get different. You just have to figure out a different way to get access to those games. And, you know, we'll, we'll discuss those because just based on the salaries of some of these players, they're going to be some that are very popular. And, you know, if you have a few popular, very cheap guy, you know, cheap wide receivers or something, then, we know everybody's going to go pay up for running back and, and quarterback because you have the money. Yep. And so one of the easy ways just to differentiate is like, you know, pay up at wide receiver. And it's not like we, this is a slate where they're like bad wide receivers. Like they're elite wide receivers. They just, you know, may not be looked at as favorably as the high priced uh, running backs because it's going to be easier to get the running backs because of the cheap wide receiver options. So there, there are definitely ways to get different, and these high total games have players that don't necessarily fit what I think is going to be kind of the more popular um, path, you know, uh, construction, because like we said, these prices have been out for a month. And so yep. they just haven't, and they don't reflect kind of what the current situation is. So, you know, when you have screaming values, people tend to run towards them. And then that just ends up pushing you in a specific line of construction that maybe, you know, that in itself becomes chalky. And so just not doing that will make you give you enough leverage in uh, in bigger tournaments yeah especially week one when everybody's been drafting you know dalvin cook and christian mccaffrey and Devonte adams the first thing you do is like oh, i want to play those guys in dfs also like yeah. everybody's so focused on that like first round of drafts as people do in season long as you shift to dfs i think a lot of people are just gonna be really excited to play those guys plus patrick mahomes and you know it's just uh it's it's a week where you, you got to think a lot of those big name guys are going to be uh you'd be pretty pretty uh Pretty highly rostered. For sure. Um, we got some low totals. I mentioned uh, Denver at the Giants. That's 41 and a half, uh, which is uh, our lowest total out there. You know, kind of one of those games we just don't know what to get from either quarterback, Daniel Jones and Teddy Bridgewater. Denver's got some skill players, though, and they're they're actually well-priced. I actually think this is a game that I'm not going to fully avoid. We'll get, when we talk about cheap guys, we will get into it. But uh, I think there's a, there's a few plays on each side here that might be uh, mildly interesting for a, for a total so low. We've got uh, Miami at New England, 43 and a half. Jacksonville at Houston, another game I think there's some interesting uh, plays, but 45. Uh, the Chargers and the, and the uh, Washington football team, 44 and a half. That's a really interesting game. The Chargers are actually favored by a point. That's moved around a little bit. I think it's kind of back to even now, but uh, a little surprised the Chargers going on the road to the East Coast is going uh, to be a little bit of a favorite considering how good the Washington defense is kind of hyped up to be. Yeah, I, I'm assuming it's more of a reflection of the Washington offense than it is anything yeah, else. It's not like the Chargers are some dominant team, but I don't know. We'll see. And then uh, last but not least, low total always, uh, your Jets at uh, at Carolina in a uh, a monster revenge game for Sam Darnold. Week one, talk about narrative street. And Robbie Anderson. The and two Robbie of them. Anderson, yes, that's that's true too. Uh, how are you feeling about, uh, quick, how are you feeling about the Jets heading into week one? 
I think they're going to be, I mean, I say this every year, they're going to be better than people think, but like nobody thinks they're ever that good. So it's like, oh, is four wins better than people think? Then what's your, uh, what's your, what's your win prediction? Uh, five and 11. Well, five and 12. Right. Excuse me. Saying, you, are, you already failed the 2021 test. I already, yeah, I did. I've done it like a thousand times. Like, oh, that team's going to be 10 and six. And some of them, I'm like, oh, I know, I get it. No, yeah. I think, uh, I, I think the Niners are going to win uh, 11 to 12. That must pretty, be fun. I'm pretty damn optimistic, which is scary because last year I was too coming off the Super Bowl and every single player uh, tore a uh, tore a ligament by week three. So um, they, it's amazing how real quick. It's amazing how many like really good players Niners have. There's not one of those players we're like, yeah, but he's a little bit injury prone. Like every single one. I mean, Debo, Ayuk, Bosa, Mostert, Jimmy G, obviously, like every key player on the team. Maybe except for aside from Fred Warner, is like, uh, yeah, but he's injury prone. So it's uh, it's. It's tough. Like nine of ten years, they've been a, a bad luck injury team, and you wonder at that point maybe it's not bad luck. Maybe they're doing something wrong. But uh, I'm excited now with everybody healthy. But we'll see by week three if uh, if we can stay stay upright. There's nothing better than having week one hope. At least if you're a Good Ravens turn. fan, you don't feel quite as confident. Wow, they've been just literally cursed these last two weeks. It's been a it's crazy wild, run. absolutely wild. One weird stat that I ran across as I was kind of doing these uh, these orders. Uh, we talked. We didn't talk about Minnesota and Cincinnati. They're kind of in that mid range. I think they're 47, 48. Did you know that Minnesota had the second highest uh, average yards per gain gained on offense in the entire NFL last year? Second to Kansas City. I would have lost that bet, and it probably would have taken me a few guesses to get there. They averaged 410 yards a game, and I I would not have guessed that based on how the season went last year. I mean, when you if you really thought about it, you probably you would have ended up there, right? You got you got Cook, Thielen, Jefferson, but right. I think I put up. I would have had probably four or five guesses before I got to Minnesota. They just don't. You're like, oh, Kirk Cousins. They just don't jump out to you a team that's like dominated on on yards gained last year. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, Cook obviously plays a pretty right. humongous role in that one. So, yeah, I probably would have picked like at least the Titans as like the one that may have been ahead of them that you may not have thought right. of. But. I mean, I would, I would have jumped to the Packers right away, yeah. probably. And just there's a bunch of teams that I would have thought of. But uh, yeah, the, the Vikings, uh, they uh, you know they give up points. And last year they had a lot of injuries on defense. And they get they get healthy this year, but uh, they're a kind of a, a sneaky team. When you look at that offense, you look at the defense getting uh, getting healthy. They might be uh, they might be kind of underdog team to win a bunch of games this year. So. But let's jump into uh, the actual players in week one now that we talked about the slate. But first, a quick note from our sponsors, our exclusive sponsors at WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions, and even more so making the right decision. Listen up. I have an incredible offer for you from Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fancy podcast. WinBet brings you the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more all at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 in your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. So, Andy, we're going to go week uh, week one here, but we're talking about just talking about kind of, I guess we'll call them cash lamps or optimal lineups. Like, who's going to be really popular this week? Who's going to be in a lot of people's cash lamps? Who's the people going to be gravitating towards? And I think the way to start there, and you kind of mentioned the top, is Kansas City. I think that, uh, you know, you can get guys in this week. I think Patrick Mahomes will be the most popular quarterback. I think Tyreek Hill will be very popular. I think Travis Kelsey will be popular, although he's really expensive compared to other tight ends. Yeah. He's 8,300. Uh, I'm talking DraftKings salaries here. We'll mention FanDuel also as we go along, but just kind of as a baseline. Uh, Tyreek Hill's 8,200. Patrick Mahomes, 8,100. Uh, do you think a lot of people are going to be stacking this game? It's not only the Chiefs, it's not only Mahomes, but it's the highest over-under on the whole slate. 
Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is always going to be popular. So yeah. there's that. Like when you look at the other high, high-priced quarterbacks, like he isn't like drastically different from guys like Kyler Murray or Josh Allen. And I think people just love the possible upside of Mahomes. And I don't think they necessarily will will fill the need to to stack him with you know either Tyreek Hill or Kelsey. I know uh, Nicole Hardman's much cheaper, and like people may want to try to go that route, but yeah. that for for optimal lineups, it tends not to work out as well with him. But yeah, I think just Mahomes with with how many weapons he has, that people are okay kind of playing him naked, as they like to say. And so, yeah, I think he's going to be really popular. But there are like a number of like cheaper guys that you could play, like cheaper quarterbacks. That obviously, if you save money from yeah at quarterback, now you have more to spend elsewhere, and so. I think we're going to see kind of a drop between like Mahomes being pretty popular up top, and then we'll see a number of the the lower price guys get pretty popular. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting to note like even cash game at GPPs like at full slate quarterback, I don't worry a ton about ownership because our roster ship, sorry, just because it's it's not going to be that that high. We have twenty six yeah. quarterbacks to pick from, and we we are, I think we all we're all coming off. You know, everybody plays. If you play major league baseball, you play golf, you play NBA DFS. Like high percentages. This guy's 48% owned. Like right. Mahomes is gonna be popular, he's gonna be 15% owned. Maybe, maybe up to 20 some weeks. But like I, I think there's so many options. And you just you can go down the list and you, you mentioned Kyler, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. There's so many quarterbacks, Russell Wilson. Like everybody's playing this week. Um, it, you know, except for the primetime guys. But I just think that if you love Mahomes, you want to play him. I don't think you get off of him just because of the uh, the, the roster ship, just because I, I don't think it'll be that super high almost ever with a quarterback. Yeah, and and mostly in like cash games, you you know, guys who are more popular are going to be, are, are the ones you want. You don't yeah. necessarily need like 1% flyers in cash games. Yeah. I mean, you can get a little more aggressive in like the triple ups and quadruple ups, but like the, for like a strict cash game, head to heads or, or uh, double ups, 50 fifties, like you just don't need guys who are untouched by everyone else. And so, yeah, if Mahomes is going to be popular, like it's okay to, to go with him and try to find out or try to like make up the ground elsewhere. Yeah, I think the second um, guy up top here that's going to be really uh, you know popular in cash games is Kyler Murray. Uh, we talked about how this is also a shootout potential game. He's seventy six hundred. Um, the dude was awesome last year before he had the shoulder injury. If you look at his first half before he got uh, dinged up, I mean, it was really impressive. I think he was quarterback one in, in fantasy points. I mean, he had unbelievable floor just based on the rushing yards, the rushing TDs. Then you add the passing stuff on top of that. Um, you know, he he adds some weapons. If you consider AJ Green a weapon, he adds a weapon this year. Adds Rondell Moore, who they drafted, and that's uh, an exciting rookie. So um, should be stacked. James Conner in the backfield. I think that uh, I think as you get uh, if you don't want to go Mahomes, I think Murray's going to be right there for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely, and. and- that kind of plays in like the rushing floor that Murray provides is what a lot of people are looking for in cash games. And that's why I think Jalen Hurts is going to be pretty popular. Like Hurts is not going to throw the ball nearly as much as Kyler Murray, but he probably could run just as much and he's significantly cheaper. So I think uh, Murray is going to be one of the the expensive uh, quarterbacks that people are going to go to in cash games. But if you want to pay down, like I think Jalen Hurts is literally a poor man's Kyler Murray in terms of like salary and that DraftKings, you know, price them as such. Yeah, that's a really good call. I had him a little bit later talk about in you know quarterbacks that I think you can play kind of as a stand a standalone. You don't really necessarily need the stack. Where a lot of times, yeah. you know, when you play Mahomes, we, we talk about him running, but he hasn't run a lot fantasy wise. Every once in a while, he'll throw run a t- run a TD, but he's not a guy that's going to run for eighty yards. Whereas you know Hertz and Murray can run for a bunch of yards, score a couple of touchdowns. So I think those are guys are I'm a little more willing to kind of play them as you call it naked earlier. Um, and Hertz is sixty four hundred, so that's that's a really good savings from from both the top guys. Is there any uh, like really cheap quarterbacks that you think people may go to in 
cash in order to you know pay up everywhere else. So the guy for me that I looked at was Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's forty eight hundred. Uh, is there any like really cheap quarterbacks this week that you think people are going to gravitate towards in kind of their optimal cash lineups? Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean we we joked about the revenge game narrative, but. Um, you know, going against the Jets, and they have they Carolina's got really good weapons. I mean, they got you DJ Moore, you have uh, Robbie Anderson, you have Terrace Marshall, the, the rookie. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got weapons at his disposal, and you, know, you got to think that uh, he's going to want to. Uh, and we didn't even mention you got Christian McCaffrey who catches a few passes too. So, um, I think uh, I think Bridgewater and Donald, the two that I think Donald's 5,000, Bridgewater's 4,800. Those are the guys that jumped out to me. If you really want to save and spend everywhere else in your cash lineup, those are the two that I liked. Yeah, the only other one I would add to the group because I I don't think Darnold will be overly popular as like the pay down, but I think people are going to look at Mac Jones as well, just because the Patriots, I think there's just this thought that like, they'll be good enough. You look in the preseason, not that I want to read too much into that, but you know, it's a good game environment for them. And so yeah, Mac Jones, if you don't want to have to rely on Sam Darnold, I get it. Yeah. It, when, when we talk cheap quarterbacks, I really like to get guys who I love their receivers because, you know, a five yard pass turns a touch really fast. And I just, I love the weapons that Darnold and Bridgewater have. I mean, I, I love Denver's receivers. And uh, I just, I'm not sure that New England got a bunch of guys that have, you know, Mac Jones throws an eight yard pass going to break a touchdown off it. And I like that for a cheap quarterback. So I'd, I'd lean to the other two for that for the weapon reason. No, that, that makes total sense. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to make the argument that. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are going to, ha- and McCaffrey are all these great receiving options and not think that Darnold could succeed. Right. Like yeah. they have, if they succeed, Darnold succeeds. And that doesn't mean he's going to throw, you know, 350 and four touchdowns, but at his salary, you don't necessarily need him to do that anyway. Right. So I think yeah, as we talk cash lineups, like the, the expensive running backs are always kind of the, the key point. People really try and get those guys in there. They have they have they have huge floors. They have bigger floors than you know. They have bigger floors than receivers do, just because they're, they're always touching the balls. Receivers, you know, aside from Devontae Adams, you know, a little variable in how many targets they get uh, per week. But um, Christian McCaffrey's really expensive. We've got Dalvin Cook, uh, Derek Henry, and Alvin Kamara, kind of the four guys that I think are the are the kind of pillars of the the running back. Uh, you know, if you want to really pay up for a guy in cash this week. Um, I think McCaffrey's going to be way less popular just because he's the most expensive. I think Dalvin Cook kind of tops the list of where he's going to go first. I disagree. Oh, I think McCaffrey's still going to be super popular, okay. at least in, in cash games. Like I think – so the weird thing is, is that there are enough cheap wide receivers that if you wanted to play McCaffrey and Cook, you can. Like there are plenty of reasonable builds. They usually include one of those cheaper wide – or cheaper quarterbacks that we're talking about and – I don't know if you can pay up for any of the wide receivers, but there's like normally in optimal lineups, you see three running backs because they have much higher floors than the running than wide receivers. And so these are the guys that have the highest floors. Like that's why they're the most expensive. And obviously we know there's plenty of upside McCaffrey against the jets is like, that's the matchup that anybody wants any week. And so I think he's going to be popular, but that doesn't mean that like, I think cook is a bad play. Like I think they're both going to be very popular. And I think you're going to see enough lineups where, People have both of them because we'll get into the wide receivers later, but there are a ton of wide receivers you could get away with. Yeah. They're certainly riskier, but you're just going to, you just have to hope that the risk is mitigated by the high floors of McCaffrey and cook, who I think are going to be more popular than Henry and Camara. The Camara thing is interesting to me because I go, I go Camara nine hundred dollars cheaper over McCaffrey pretty easily this week. Camara over McCaffrey. Yeah. I guess so I'll, take, no I'll, take, that, I'll take the 900 bucks and go. So there's no concern that like Jameis, just doesn't dump down to Kamara as much as Drew Brees did. 
I think there, I think there's definitely concern about that, but without Michael Thomas in there, I just think that he is there f- so far and away their best player that I yeah. think, yeah, we, we always worry about Kamara because he doesn't, he doesn't get handed the ball a hundred times. Like a lot of the, you know, Derek Henry's, you know, the bell cow back kind of stuff is clearly there with Henry. I just think that Sean Payton is too good at offense to not make sure that Kamara touches the ball a freaking ton. It's a game where they're going to have to score, and I think that Kamara's going to be on the field a bunch. They're going to be, I think they're going to have to catch up in the second half. Green Bay's going to score in this game. New Orleans has to play some deep, but Green Bay's going to score. Um, I think you give me nine hundred dollars savings. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go there uh, over McCaffrey this week. I think I got like Derrick Henry more too for seven hundred dollars less. Um, you know, I know he doesn't get the PPR boost, and that that really matters in um, in DraftKings. Obviously, that draft, we should said the top DraftKings is full point PPR, Fanduel's half point. So, um, you know, Henry's not like Henry was historically good last year. He was the third best running back in PPR. So it's it's crazy to think about that. But he was he was he was RB three last year. But the Cardinals allowed four point six yards per carry last year. I know they're a different defense. They've, they've drafted guys. They got JJ Watt. But I just think it's a with this game. I think his floor is really his floor is probably higher than everybody else just because he's guaranteed to touch the ball so much. So uh, Ryan Belongi took over the our tournament guide, the DraftKings tournament guide on the site, which I highly recommend anyone to check out. A, a week after I said how good you were on it nationally on the podcast. No, I didn't. I don't. I never did the. This is uh, Jerry's article from a few years ago. Oh, right? I got you. So this is the full slate one. You're right. I'm not doing the single game. Ryan wrote that one as well. Yeah. But so he wrote that he thinks Henry and what you know we were going to get into GPPs in a little bit, but he thinks Henry is like the the best leverage play because of everything you just said, like he's going to get the touches. It's a nice matchup, high total. But if everybody is trying to play McCaffrey and cook and Camara, mm-hmm. that's just fewer people who are going to play, uh, going to play Henry. And so, yeah, I think I, I, I agree with this thinking, except I think that McCaffrey's that guy. I think everybody's going to try and play cook Henry and Camara. So it'd be interesting. Okay. I, you're right though. McCaffrey's just sticks out to people. I do get that. But, um, I thought I thought the same thing. I just thought that maybe McCaffrey was that guy. I thought that uh, for just based on the price, I thought maybe people would slide down seven hundred bucks and go to go to Henry and Kamara. But uh, I mean, these these guys are clearly the four that I think will be everybody will be attacking at some point, both in cash and GPP. I mean, it's not like these are only cash plays by any means. I mean, there'll be right, there'll be a lot, sure. of, a lot of really good GPPs with 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 one or two of these guys too. Yeah, I think the the only reason why. McCaffrey will still be popular is that the $700 doesn't matter on this slate. There's too much value that you don't, I don't think you're going to be like, man, I wish I had 700 to get from this guy to this guy. Like I actually think that in terms of like median outcomes for the cheaper wide receivers are all close enough that you're just like, Oh yeah, let me just play McCaffrey. Someone asked in the chat about the 49ers pass offense. I promise we will get there uh, very, very shortly. I have a lot to say about that too. Uh, let's talk about receivers real quick with the with kind of our cash optimal lineup. Uh, we talked about Tyreek earlier. I think you know this is going to be a very playable 8200 high scoring game. Devontae Adams, I think we don't really need to get that deep. Like gets the ball a ton. Aaron Rodgers loves to throw one yard touchdowns to him to boost his stats, and that helps Devontae Adams. Um, he's 8300. Um, I think that everybody is going to gravitate toward Terry McLaurin just based on the price. He's 6,400. We talk about drafts and how the impacts a little bit. Everybody's been drafting McLaurin in the end of the second round, early third round. You see him at $2,000 cheaper than these top guys. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate uh, there. The Chargers are really good against receivers. At least they were last year. They get Derwin James back. But um, I think that uh, I think that McLaurin is going to be very popular when people kind of gravitate towards that price. Do you, do you like him more or less? Well, actually, you didn't even say if you liked him. You just think people are going there. But do you think he's a better play than DJ Moore, who's cheaper? I never think anybody's a better play than DJ Moore. <laughs> um, I, I think that I think McLaurin has a better floor built. And the key with McLaurin is like 
he gets open all the time. You can't cover him. And he actually has a, a, a quarterback, A, that will throw him the ball now when he's open, but B, will force the ball to him. Ryan Fitzpatrick loves forcing the ball to him. We talked about that a couple years with Jameis. Like, people are like, oh, my God, Jameis throws 30 picks. I'm like, yeah, but think about his receivers. Like, you want the guy to force the ball in there. Yeah. You get these, like, Tyrod Taylor that will never force the ball downfield to a specific receiver. Like, as, it, as, as as If there's a receiver that you have in your team, you want the quarterback. Even if it's a bad idea – you want him to throw the ball double coverage because that's a target. That's a chance to, to make plays. And I think that I think that Fitz is very willing to split that guy, fit that in. There are other receivers I like more this week. Uh, we'll talk uh, as we get into GPPs or some other game stacks that I really, really like uh, that uh, that don't include McLaurin. But I just think the price, like he just sticks out as, as so much cheaper than everybody else kind of in his talent range. Yeah, I, I think there are a bunch of guys that you can play. Like I, I, I don't necessarily think that any of the really expensive ones, whether it's like Adams or Hill – are going to be that popular just because we have, I mean, we'll talk about them in a second, but there are like literally minimum priced wide receivers that you can play that I think you can get away with. And for every one of those that you play, it's, you know, taking a roster spot away from one of the, the expensive ones. So it's really just a matter of like how far you want to go with your running backs. We kind of skipped a few guys that I think we're so we'll see popular in, in cash games, but like, I think James, just to go back to running backs for a second, like, I don't think we could have a podcast without mentioning James Robinson just because <laughs> yeah. like, I think he's going to be very popular and he's not all that expensive versus like the cook and McCaffrey, but you can afford guys, you know, you could play all three of those guys, you know, three of cook McCaffrey, Camara, um, Henry Robinson, you know, there are cheaper guys. We have this Niners thought, but like Mostert, would you play Mostert in cash? Uh, I'd like it more, GP Prime, but yeah, I think that uh, the way they're gonna want to run the ball against Detroit, like I think, I think, I think both him and Trey Sermon are are usable in cash too. I just think that they're. I don't know who's going to get the touchdowns is always a problem. Most certain probably has to break a big one to score, but he can't yeah. do it at any point. He was the fastest running back in the league. Um, I think inside the red zone would be Trey Sermon. So I think both those guys are playable in a game that the Niners should run for 200 plus yards. Right. Yeah. And one of those where he gets like 86 on one play. It's very possible. I'd be surprised if he doesn't hit a big one at some point. Yeah, uh, yeah I think there's a lot of running backs, and we'll talk about a lot of them in the GPP segment. There's a lot of like mid-range running backs. One other running back that you mentioned I want to ask you about. Um, Javante Williams is 4,000 with Denver. So he's a guy that we don't really know how the backfield is going to break out. He didn't play last week, which – or the last preseason game, if we, you can, you can, you can, you can play that either way. You can be like, Oh, well, that's kind of weird. Like why didn't they want to give him action? Or maybe like he's the starter. They don't want to get him hurt in that last preseason right. game is the other way you can look at it. Melvin Gordon is there. I assume week one, uh, they'll probably lean a little more on the veteran than we want them to them to do. That's the one thing that worries me about John Fonta as we look at the talent potential role, like 4,000 for a running back is uh, something you got to consider. Yeah. I think it's, it's worth considering. There's probably a, a few too many like question marks I agree. for cash, at least, right away you know now and the problem is like when we finally are comfortable playing him he's going to be 6800 as opposed to 4000 but yeah i don't think you necessarily need to go that low um they're just other guys that are that are still cheap that maybe aren't quite that low but like you know antonio gibson or mike davis people will consider Antonio gibson's price is absurd i don't know why he's 5900 i mean that's a guy that is really good we talk about drafts you know too much in week one but i mean he's like end of the first round early second i think people are going to gravitate towards that price too yeah no i think uh there's definitely a way to do it but it's more like so that's kind of the decision you make like do you want to play one of those expensive running backs that we that we were talking about or two of them plus one of you know these cheaper guys mostert uh davis gibson chris carson even like weird guys you, like that you love chris carson that's your boy right there 
it was probably just one successful week and that's yeah. why I do it. But like, you know, if you play more of the cheaper guys and obviously you're going to get more of the guys like Devonte Adams or Tyreek Hill. And if you play more of the expensive running backs, now you're going to, you know, we're going to start talking about Marquez Calloway and Jerry Judy and uh, you know, guys like that, that you're going to have to play because you don't have money necessarily, but like, could those guys score enough as wide receivers that you get the safety of the, the higher price running backs? So we talk about what we call free squares sometimes, you know, spots that everybody's going to everybody's gonna roster somebody. And usually it beca- in mid-season, like it's because a running back got hurt on Monday and all of a sudden, you know, the starting running back's 3,000. Um, we talk about free squares this week. I think Marquez Callaway, who you just mentioned, is probably the guy. He's going to stick out. Huge people. 3,400. Uh, had a huge preseason. Michael Thomas is not playing. He's the number one receiver for the Saints in a high over-under game and a team that is a, you know, always, always a good offense. We don't know how they're going to be with Jameis, but we assume they're going to throw a lot. We talked about Jameis likes to force the ball. I mean, he's going to push the ball downfield to Callaway a couple times, which you'd love to see. Um, I think he's the biggest quote-unquote free square this week as you, as you look at the slate. Yeah, I think that fundamentally it, it doesn't even matter who it is. But you're just like, this is a team in a game with a 50-point total or whatever, 50, I forget where the, that one is, is right now, 50 and a half. Yeah. In 50-point game, he's wide receiver one, the team that likes to throw the ball. That's it. it. It literally doesn't matter who the guy is. You just click that guy in and you play. And you can look at him. I mean, I know that you know, the Jair Alexander is one of the better cornerbacks in the league, but you know, I, you got to think that Sean Payton moves him around a little bit. The people have been raving about him in camp. He had a big preseason. Uh, everybody saw the two touchdowns with Jameis. I think it was on a, it was on like a, one of the one of the prime, national prime games, time yeah. games. Like there aren't that many preseason ones. And that was one of the ones that everybody was talking about. Um, thirty four hundred, like he just wouldn't have been thirty four hundred if the pricing came out this week. There's just no way around. It. He would be fifty three hundred or something like that. Right. Um, I think receiver wise, we're going to talk about a lot of cheapies when we talk about uh, tournament builds. But um, I think he's the guy that sticks out. It's like everybody's going to gravitate towards and kind of click. Uh, he'll be, I think, he'll be the highest rostered receiver under you know seven thousand. I mean, he might be the most popular one. He might be. I mean, I like. Period. Yeah, you're right. You probably will because there'll be some Tyreek and Devonte split. I think he's probably. I think he's probably the highest. Um, real quick in cash game before we get into GBP, uh, tight end is an interesting spot. We've got you've got Travis Kelsey. We talked about is you know you can stack him with Mahomes. He's insanely consistent. Like the targets and touchdowns. And if Cleveland plays their defense like they, they play, Cleveland plays a lot of cover four, kind of taking away the big play. And they did that last year against the Chiefs. And if they do that, those are the games where Travis Kelsey really ate last year. I mean, he was like eight for one hundred nine against them in the playoffs, like early on before Mahomes got hurt. Um, but there is someone at tight end who is really cheap and is like the fourth uh, ranked tight end in fantasy drafts year. Kyle Pitts is forty four hundred. Everybody loves the shiny, sexy new toy. He's really he's four thousand cheaper than Kelsey. We more good. I mean, Kittle's is. I think Kittle's kind of specific. He's like in the mid sixes. Um, how many people are not going to click on Kyle Pitts at forty four hundred? I mean, he's essentially what, the weird part is we haven't seen him in the preseason. Like he caught one pass in the preseason. They played him like five plays. It was something crazy. Like he played very little. I get it. They don't want him to get hurt. But if you talk about as you, as you read stories, it sounds like he's more a wide receiver too than a tight end. And you get to play him a tight end at 4,400. How does every not click Kyle Pitts this week and just kind of move on to the next spot? So I think not only does everybody play him. Yes. Like he, I think he's, he will be the most popular tight end. And, you know, we always talk about how we look for like really cheap tight ends just to fill because, you know, the range of outcomes for all of the tight ends really isn't that great right you know if you like just graph them all out they're all pretty tight as opposed to wide receivers which are higher that obviously doesn't include kelsey but kelsey is basically wide receiver one so like i think the fact that we have kelsey on the slate means that you could absolutely play like a two tight end lineup which feels absurd 
Right. I don't think people do it in cash, but like if I think you every time Kelsey's on the slate, you compare him to, to all of the wide receivers. And it's yep. like at 80, what is he, 83? 83. Like he's the same price as Devontae Adams. Right. But like he should be. If he and was he has, a wide receiver, we always talk about like upside receivers, but Travis Kelsey has the same upside that receivers do too. I mean, he go he go ten for one twenty five and two touchdowns, like you wouldn't even blink at that. So I mean, he's he's the one tight end that you, you're right. You can play them. You could put him right with those Devontae and Tyreek guys. Yeah, like if you just looked at Kelsey's stats, you would guess it was a wide receiver, and yeah. so that's fine. And so yeah, but like Pitts feels Pitts at least is being treated as if he's better than all of the $4,500 wide receivers. And if you think Kelsey is better than all of the other wide receivers, then like play both. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that uh, Pitts, I mean, that price is, I'm surprised they priced him at low considering everybody knew he's going to be a big part of the offense, even before the right, right after the draft. But um, it's a fascinating one. I think everybody's going to want to do it. He's the sexy guy. I think he's going to be uh, very popular and probably would do. I mean, a, you got to think they're going to get him touches. And B, I've watched him in college. Any touch he has can be a big play. So you've got a yeah. floor built in, and you've got a potential upside. A tight end at forty four hundred, like that's just hard for me to get away from. It's. I think it's. Everyone will be there. We before, all think that. Before we jump into some other builds and stuff, is there any like defense that you think this week? Like I'm going to play them in my cash lineup, easy slot them in. Let's call it a day and move on. Is it? I, I, the Niners are like the one that sticks out because they not only they own Jared Goff, but they should own the Lions, and they're really healthy. But they're forty two hundred. Are they too expensive to be to be highly highly owned? Yeah, and they they're like four hundred more than any other defense. I think the second highest is like thirty eight hundred. Then it drops way down. Like they stick out big time as the is the most highly owned. I mean, the Rams are off this slate, so that probably is why. But I just wonder, like everybody would want to play that against Detroit, and you know, like I said, they own Jared Goff. He had under two hundred yards in both games last year with the Rams, and now he has he has no weapons this year. Um, is there a cheaper D that you're going to go towards in order to save some money at the other positions? Yeah, I always tend to look at opponent before I look at the actual team. Like, I don't care who the team is. I just care who they're playing. And, like, the Jaguars at 2,700 at Houston. The one I have on like here. One yeah. Everybody will go. Yeah, just price plus matchup and kind of move on, right? Yeah, exactly. The only thing with that is, like, Tyrod Taylor doesn't make mistakes because he doesn't do anything, which is always the problem. But, yeah, I think that uh, Houston's really bad. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a reasonable uh, concern. But at 2,700, I think it's it's okay. There are other defenses that I like more, and we'll get to them as, as we yeah. build a little bit later here. So uh, let's jump into status of GPP tournament talk. But first, a note from our sponsor. Uh, playing fantasy sports is so much fun, but once you dive deeper, fighting against other players for a percentage of the pot, there might be sharks. Even when your fantasy team crushes it, those skilled pros might leave you without a single cent. Luckily, the days of having a great score and not getting loot are over. With Fantasy Stand, you're playing against the house. If you reach the threshold, you win. It's that simple. Sorry, baby sharks. To participate, choose a free or paid entry contest in the lobby. For salary cap, you get to pick nine players while staying at or under the salary cap. For pick them, you simply pick one player from each tier they presented with. Done. Now sit back and watch the results to see if your fantasy team has what it takes to stand, to stand out from the rest. Come back as the high score, get ready for additional prizes. So where do you stand? Visit fantasystand.com to sign up today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, Andy, let's start with talking uh, talking uh, some game stacks that we like. And when I talk game stacks, we're usually talking a receiver or a quarterback with a receiver, maybe a second receiver, maybe a tight end in there also. And then what we call a comeback, which is someone from the other team. So if you get a stack, you know, you want, uh, you know, when I, when I did well in a, in a week, I had a, I had a stack like that where I had a quarterback receiver and tight end, you know, all of a sudden your quarterback throws four touchdowns, two to each guy. And suddenly like, you're scoring on both. Like if, if, if uh, the first one we'll talk about Russell Wilson, if he throws a touchdown DK Metcalf, you get two touchdowns rather than just playing one. So it's kind of obvious why you stack, but you want to, you want guys that uh, you correlate well. And when, when big plays happen, you get, you get multiple pieces of it. So my first stack I want to talk about is, is the Seahawks and the Colts. It's Russell Wilson. Um, your mileage may vary whether you want to go with DK Metcalf or with Tyler Lockett. They're both very playable. Lockett 6,700 Metcalf is 7,500. Um, I prefer Metcalf because I think the t- the touchdown, uh, the touchdown stuff is, is better with him. He gets more deep balls. You know, Lockett is a good, uh, uh, can be a PPR monster with all the targets underneath, but I think Metcalf, you want those big yeah. Plays. Um, I think there's a, there's there's options to come back. I think Michael Pittman is going to be a popular low price receiver now that T. Y. Hilton's not playing. He's 4100. But uh, I think the the new offensive coordinator should open this up up this offense more. We don't know that yet. We're kind of guessing. You know that week one is always the hardest week because we don't have you know stats to fall back on that we normally do. Uh, but you look at Russell Wilson was 26 points per game in the first half last year when they were really rolling on offense before they kind of took it away. He had, I think he had that eighth game. He made a bunch of mistakes. They lost the game. They kind of changed the offense, which seems like a crazy overreaction. We talked about that bunch. But the Colts do play a lot of cover, too. The, the Seahawks struggled with that last year, but I think the, the, the new system they have maybe fixes that. Um, you know, Metcalf had 1,300 yards last year, 10 touchdowns, 83 catches. Um, I really like this as a stack. If I'm going away from the Mahomes stack, I think Wilson and Metcalf is the one that I'm going to next. Do you think you – 
do you think you run back with a wide receiver more often than a running back? It's tough because he's Jonathan Taylor. We'll talk about, but he's eight thousand. So I just I had a little trouble running that back and getting everything else else I wanted to. I usually like a receiver because I want you know if my stack's going crazy and I, I want them the other team to have to be throwing. But yeah, I think if you want to be a little different, I mean Jonathan Taylor coming back and then we talked about all these like pillars of running back. Taylor at eight thousand six thousand someone that no one's going to play because everybody's going to go those top four. Then they're going to drop down to the guys you mentioned, Antonio Gibson, the Chris Carson, the Mike Davis guys. I think that I think Jonathan Taylor gets really lost this week at eight thousand. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, the only issue that I have with that stack, in particular with Pittman coming back, I have no problem with the Seattle side. But it's like, I can't, I think this actually happened last year where we did the week one show and I was like, there's a team that's projected for uh, a good number of points and all of the guys are cheap. And I was saying how I do these like blind stacks and it was the Colts because we had, because I think either Hilton was hurt or he was cheap. Rivers was cheap. Pittman was cheap because he was a rookie. And it was just like, I can't get excited about the Colts. And here I am hearing this. And I'm like, yeah, Seattle sounds great. And it's like a run back with the Colts. And I'm like, I don't want to play any of these guys. Yeah. I think but like Pittman, they, I the think numbers Pitt- tell me I should. Yeah, I think Pittman's okay. 4,100. He had a lot of targets in their playoff game. I think that he's kind of the guy. I don't think you're going to get explosion out of him. But I think you're going to get targets just because T.Y. Hilton's not there. And um, you know, they're still kind of building some guys into the offense. Obviously, Carson Wentz is going to be there. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. He might be limping around a little bit back there, but he's going to play. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't – Pittman's not like my favorite guy in the slate, but I think if you're playing a, if you're playing a comeback, I think the price is, is cheap enough that I think the targets will be there. No, that makes sense. I, I think Seattle is at least one that I would probably just stack on their own. I don't necessarily need a run back. But the uh, Matt and Chad here is uh, took out the one that I was – Definitely going to bring up this Jameis Winston, Callaway, and then uh, Adams run back. Like, yep. I think that game, any game with Jameis Winston, I feel like could go nuts. And so I feel like the interesting thing with Callaway, too, is everybody's going to have him. But if you want to be a little different, you put him with Winston because I don't think that many people are going to play him with Winston. And all of a sudden, you're, you're doubling up on Callaway. And now every time Callaway does something, it's really, really good for you. Where before I was like, oh, that's good, but everybody has him. Yeah. And we kind of talked about this, like if you really like Robbie Anderson and you really like DJ Moore, then you kind of have to like Darnold and everyone likes Callaway, but somebody's got to throw him the ball. We don't think it's going to be Taysom Hill. And that doesn't mean that like Winston's going to have a monster game, but like we have seen enough monster games from both Winston and the Saints offense that like, it just makes sense to try that in a GPP. And the Packers have, you could go either way. If they get, if the Packers blow them out, then it's, you know, we could expect, 25 carries from Aaron Jones and that's your run back. And you just hope yep. that, you know, he gets the early touchdowns and then Winston's throwing the ball all over, or you do Adams in a, you know, a back and forth. Is there a quarterback more you want uh, than, than Jameis Winston down 14 in the second half? Like, right. it's, <laughs> totally. It's Absolutely. Perfect. He will force everything. The two years ago when he had the 30 touchdowns, 30 picks, like a lot of that came from the fact they were throwing a lot in the second half and the Tampa defense was terrible that year, which is you know crazy that how good they got really fast. But yeah. You want that. Like, there were so many late Jameis games with throwing to Evans and Godwin. You're like, oh, my. The second half was insane. I remember being in an airport. It was that Rams-Bucks game. And I was like, oh, my. This is crazy. They, every play, Jameis just hucking the ball, and he he loves to force it in. And it's what you want in DFS. So I think that I think that works. There's another comment in the chat about uh, someone played Ronald Jones because all the fantasy heads told him to. Um, that was not me as a fantasy head. I did not promote Ronald Jones last night. I just want to get that out there in the world. Yeah, we're um, yeah. not. We've never been big Rojo guys. So. It's it's a shame because I, I I mean I think he's a good player, but like he fumbled he fumbled the NFL and um you know you kind of you're kind of done after that, which is you know disappointing. And he fumbled like his on his first or second carry, so that was that was rough. But um my next what game you, stack. I, oh, go ahead. 
I was gonna say, what do you think about the other side if you went Rodgers and Adams and then a run like Callaway is the easy run back there? Do you play Kamara too? That's that's pretty sexy right there. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you really want to get spicy in GPP, you play you play Rodgers, Adams, Kamara. You don't play Callaway. Yeah, it just seems like a trio that not a lot of people would play because they're so expensive. So now you're you're really gonna have to find some you, Callaway helps, but and everybody in that stack will, would play Callaway. So if you want to be different, you go different. You you you, know, you go you go different cheap receivers. We'll talk about some some cheap receivers that I think there's some interesting pivots away from Callaway. Um, yeah, I like that. I mean, you know, you give me Rogers Adams in a stack anytime, right? I mean, they just right. we talk about the the guy who hones in on a target. I mean, Rogers and. They do that play at the one yard line. That's pretty much unstoppable. And Rogers loves to audible to it because he's selfish. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm fine with Aaron Rodgers. I'm kidding. Uh, but they, they they had they had a historic amount of, of touchdown passes inside the five. Yeah. They, they, a lot of those he did audible towards. So I mean, it works. So what are you going to do? But yeah, I think that I think that works well. Next thing I want to talk about is Tennessee. We talked about Derrick Henry, uh, but if you wanted to get away from Derrick Henry and kind of move, we talked about leverage. You want to move towards the Tennessee passing game. Um, I think Ryan Tannehill at 6,500 with either A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. And this game does have an issue. You can come back with DeAndre Hopkins. You can come back with, you want to go cheap, like a Rondale Moore or A.J. Green, even if you think, you know, the, the fact that he looked spry in the preseason is yeah. a good thing. But I'm kind of giving up on A.J. Green. But, you know, he's, he's still not that old. But I, he'd probably come back with Hopkins if you really want to try and massively stack this game. But I think a lot of people play Derrick Henry, which means, you know, people aren't playing the Tennessee passing game. Um, the card secondary, if you look at their defense, is, is the weakest spot. They're a pretty good front seven, but they're weak in the secondary. Um, you know, A.J. Brown's probably the more big play, make touchdown guys. Maybe Julio's the more uh, PPR guy, maybe get more targets. But I think I'd probably they're – they're almost the same price. If they were different, I think I'd think about Julio. But 7,100, I think I'd probably just go to A.J. Brown. Um, and the interesting thing was Hopkins. Hopkins was – kind of he's not talked about as like the elite he's still drafted up there but we always talk about adams and hill but hopkins is 115 catches last year 1407 yards his first arizona season and that was with kyler you know being banged up in the second half not being quite as good um tennessee was killed by wide receiver ones last year so if you go you go Tannehill brown uh deandre hopkins i think you have a chance to really get fun in this game that i think is gonna be very back and forth yeah, so I'll uh, plug Ryan Belongi's article again. Like he wrote that this was his favorite game to stack. He oh, he nice. thinks his favorite stack was Murray, Hopkins, Moore, and Henry on the comeback. But like his point was just you can go in a ton of different directions in this game. You can play either quarterback. They both you both teams have multiple receivers that you could play. The running backs you could even play a little bit. I don't know how many people are are really going to play Chase Edmonds, but that's a reason to play Chase Edmonds because a lot of people probably aren't going to do it. And so. Yeah, I think that game has a could be very, very fun. And there's just a lot of ways that you can go that makes sense. And you, you usually don't always have that, like where you're like, oh, I'm like, you know, I want to play this game, but I don't really want to play the the passing part of it because, you know, every, it, like if Derrick Henry is a fantastic play, people really are like, well, I don't want to like miss out on that. But like, that's a reason not to play. I mean, you can play, you can still get plenty of upside with guys like Tannehill and Julio or AJ Brown. Yeah, it's a night offense that if you do go away from the running back, it's pretty easy to go quarterback receiver and right. get pretty fun with it. And it's you know what's great about DFS and fantasy is that Tennessee Arizona is a really fun, great game that I look forward <laughs> to watching. Where like normally I'd be like, oh great, like those don't sound like fun teams, but like this is gonna be a fun game. In terms of stacks on a game that um, maybe a little bit uh, lesser thought of, I think an interesting stack is in the Jacksonville Houston game. Um, Trevor Lawrence is 6,200. You can go back with the LaVisca Chenault, who I love this year. I think that Urban Meyer is going to use him in a lot of different ways. 
both um, kind of short passes and targets, but also some end arounds, um, you know, kind of a, a, a way that a lot of, like the Chiefs kind of use Tyreek Hill sometimes. He's not that level of player, but I think they're going to get really creative with how they use him. And then the thing with Houston is like their offense is going to be terrible, but they have one guy that you can kind of come back with. It's Brandon Cooks, and he's going to get a lot of targets. Tyrod Taylor is going to throw the ball to him a lot. They just don't have anybody else. And like with bad teams, I like a guy that's going to get a lot of targets. I think this is an interesting one that nobody's going to play. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence looked really good in his last preseason game. Looked like he finally kind of got the offense. Chenault looked good in the preseason too. I get stats don't matter, but you, you like the you like the guys are connecting a little bit. Um, I just think that I think that Urban's going to use Chenault really creatively, and I think that's a, that's something I want a piece of. I think he's going to have the ball in his hands a bunch. There is no way I thought that was coming. Oh, beautiful. That, that is that, not a game. Is, that isn't, isn't that good though? Yeah, yeah. I that's guess what you, that's what you pay me so much to be here for. I, <laughs> I think from a popularity standpoint, you nobody will play that game. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I think that game is quietly one that could get. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be back and forth because I don't think Houston can be back and forth. But I think that uh, I, we talked about James Robinson. I mean, I, we always like him because he just gets so many touches. I don't. We don't know how that touch is gonna touch stuff's gonna work out with Urban Meyer. I think is the difference there. And the thing that takes me a little off Robinson is they fed him so much. I just don't know if they're gonna feed him like they yeah. did last year. But um, I don't know. I think this. Uh, I think with Lawrence and Lavisca, this game could get a little a little good for for Jacksonville, and then give me Brandon Cooks with like fourteen targets and you know a bunch of the second yeah. half, maybe a you know ten for eighty in a touchdown game. And that that'll play at his price coming back on, on a comeback. Good luck with that one, Scott. I like it. That's good. I like that. I left you speechless. Are there any other stacks you want to talk about before we kind of get some other players here? So the one that I wanted to ask you about because I'm actually not sure how to play this one because the way that I want to play it doesn't make sense. But I really like this uh, Falcons-Eagles game. And right. the problem is that I want to play Ridley, Pitts, and Hurts. Like, I don't yeah. want to play Matt Ryan. But I also don't want to play any Eagles <laughs> run back. Right. So is it absurd to think that Ridley and Pitts have big games and Hurts outscores Ryan? It's tough, right? Because if Ridley and Pitts both have big games, it's, it gets really tough. I mean, theoretically, if – Yeah. Like, I don't need both of them to have 300 yards. You know, I don't right. need Ryan to throw for 500. And so if they, like, each get 100 and a touchdown, that's probably enough. And then if Hurts, you know, runs for 120 yards and two scores, like, he should outscore Ryan. Is I, that think, just, I think Hurts is the one guy you can do it with because I think the rushing yards kind of works out. And if he spreads the ball around, maybe you don't want any of those receivers. And like, no, those receivers, he's got some talented guys, but none of those guys stick out to me. Like, oh, I got to play Jalen Rieger this week. Like, I just right. don't get that. But I just worry that if Pitts and Ridley both do really well, like Ryan kind of has to do well. But yeah, Hurts could outscore him if he scores two touchdowns rushing. That's an inch. I mean, nobody will have that. Nobody will have that setup. So it kind of works well. Yeah. Uh, I just can't decide if it's dumb or not yet. Like, I think it, like, is it is it dumber than a Houston Jacksonville stack? No way. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I your just, honesty. I like that. Yeah. The I just think that the we need to get more creative in terms of finding ways to get access to games that other people are not necessarily doing it. And it just makes sense to do Ryan. So even if you if I did play Ryan, it's like I have Ryan, Ridley, Pitts. Who do you come Am I back running back? that back with Miles Sanders? I was or... say, do you come back with Miles Sanders? Hope for a couple of big plays. I, I I wish there was an easier way to come back. So I kind of your Hurts thing is interesting because I, I that's that's the piece of that offense you do want. Um, 
Yeah, I like that because that, that's a game that, that just sounds fun. It sounds like we should get some points in that game. Um, that's an interesting way to play it. I like that. I like yeah, that. I, more, I, I, I like that more than you like my different ones. So that's good. <laughs> I think that's true. You realize I'm texting you every time Trevor Lawrence throws a touchdown. Every time. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe even like an eight-yard gain, you might get a message. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a fun one. That's, and that's why we talked this through. I'm definitely going to look at that. And I think that uh, doing it with Hurts is – because I had Hurts as the one quarterback that I do think like playing naked is, is a really good way to go just because they have so many different – like there's no one target-focused guy, at least that we know of yet. Obviously, we don't have any games yet. But I think that Hurts is the one guy that – the quarterback that I play most naked probably. Yeah, it just – it doesn't fit into these stack buckets that we're used to. It's usually like running back and defense – or quarterback, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, quarterback, two wide receivers, one, you know, whatever it is. And I know that like we rarely see a wide receiver, quarterback, wide receiver, excuse me, quarterback, running back. We don't see that a lot, which I think people, you know, if you want to play Tannehill and Henry, like I get it. But like using that's, a that, quarter. That, that's not a really good correlate. That's always tough. Right, like, I think right. There's, the, the correlation doesn't If you want to go sense. like Winston Kamara, I get that more than I would. Yeah. Tannehill, Henry. Yep. Darnold and McCaffrey, like yeah, that sort sure. of makes sense. But like a a quarterback runback doesn't make sense. But I think it might in yeah. this particular case. That's a fun one. I like it. Um, I want to talk about a couple guys real quick. Uh, kind of expensive wide receivers and running backs that might kind of be lesser owned and you met or less than rostered. Sorry, um, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor earlier. I think that just based on where he fits salary wise, um, kind of go kind of go talk about. It. And we talked about expensive receivers and we haven't mentioned yet the guy who was the biggest rookie breakout last year and i think it's because dalvin cook is going to be popular he's going to be rostering a lot of teams i wonder this week if with with adams and hill and kelsey really popular we already talked about them a ton where justin jefferson falls in this he's 7700 i think anybody that plays cook is not going to play jefferson i don't think you're going to play both those guys unless you like think minnesota scores 55 points or something but he was 88, 1,407 touchdowns last year. Um, since he did play the deep ball well last year, but like that's an, a defense that I'm not scared of at all. I think that Minnesota should score in this game. Um, I think Jefferson's kind of slides this week as, as lesser rostered than we're kind of normally used to last year because we kind of he started so low and he finally built up by midseason some high prices. We played a lot of Justin Jefferson last year, talked about him a lot, and it's weird that nobody's talking about him this week. Do you play him with Cousins? Yeah. I think I think you play him by himself with no problem too. But yeah, if you want to get in this game and really be different and get something different, I think Cousins Jefferson. I mean, he's got Adam Thielen still. Um, I think if you want to, I think it's a really good leverage spot. And the fact that I think Cook, I think, I think, I think, I think Cook's gonna be a little more popular than you do. But I think Cook's gonna be popular. I think we can agree on that. And I think that moves people. I mean, no one's playing Cousins. There will be some Jeffersons because he's a sexy, fun name. But I think if you, I think people will look at this slate and be like, "Oh, there's Jefferson, but I can just play Tyreek or Devonte for five hundred dollars more. I'm just going to do that this week and play him with Cook, and that way I don't have to worry about it." I think that a lot of people are just going to get away from Jefferson. I think that he's going to slide through um, uh, lower rostered than normal, and I think I like that for a guy that's this damn talented. I think that's reasonable. I mean, just looking at Minnesota's like team total, like it's basically in line with the Falcons, uh, the 49ers, yeah. the Panthers, the card, like they have a higher team total than the Cardinals. And we talked so, about last year, they put up a lot of yards and they, I don't think they're thought of as particularly that way, but they're a really good offense. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. And just what we were saying, if you are like, I need some of the Titans and you go with Derrick Henry and it's like, all right, then you can just zag with Tannehill. Yeah. That's exactly what you do with the, with the Vikings. Yeah. You play cousins and, and Jefferson and, yeah. Do you think Jefferson is more popular than Thielen? Like, should we actually be playing Thielen? I think he is. How much is Thielen? Uh, Thielen I should, is I should know that 7,000. 
Yeah, I play Jefferson. If they're that close, I play Jefferson. Do you think I know everybody does that? No, no, but neither of them, I think, are going to be overly popular. No, so. I think more will play Jefferson than Thielen, though. But I just I just think Jefferson's so much better. But, yeah, Thielen has that touchdown. I mean, he had crazy touchdown season last year. I just I kind of think that that probably evens out a little bit between the two guys. I just – I love Justin Jefferson. And uh, it sounds like he's fine. He had the shoulder, the shoulder thing earlier in camp, but it sounds like he's fine. I just think he's such an elite player that is not uh, is not going to be, uh, you know, rostered as such this week. Where are you on the T. Higgins run back? I love T. Higgins. Love T. Higgins. He's for I have been cheap receivers, our mid range or cheap way to talk about, but uh, forty seven hundred. Jamar Chase is probably not quite ready to get uh, full action. He's like talking about how the football is weird because he doesn't have stripes on it. Like, dude, like you haven't been catching an NFL football. Like, I don't. That's a weird. I get it. He's just like talking and it just kind of came out, but like a weird yeah. statement. Like, just don't say you can't catch an NFL football. Like, the, come on, dude. By the way, I love Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase is going to be a superstar, but I just think maybe it's going to take a few weeks. Rookie wide receivers. We saw saw them. You know, Jefferson was obviously great last year. Uh, I love T. Higgins, though. I think T. Higgins is a monster. We, with Burrow last year, he had, I think it was weeks three through 10, he had, he had 66 yards or more and like averaged like 17 points a game in that stretch before Burrow got hurt. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love him with Burrow. I'm much more likely to stack that game than I am Jacksonville. Okay, you clearly don't like my Jacksonville stack. We've established that. Um, I, hope, I hope you win a million dollars with a Jacksonville stack. I might, if, if it does, I'm sending you a LaVisca Chanel jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and you, your son gets a, a DJ Chark one. So you guys are du- going to double double score. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so let's talk about some cheaper options. But first, a note from our third sponsor, uh, Vivid Seats. Uh, preseason football has wrapped up with a regular, regular season to, be, to kick off this week. Live events are making a comeback, and there's no better place to be, at, be than Vivid Seats to get back into the action. Grab your NFL tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Boy, does that feel great to say. Even better, they just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every fan. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, your favorite artist, or the new show everybody's talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. I got to tell you, just a side note, it is watching NFL games with full stands and college football games is so much, it's weirdly so much different. I don't know why that is, but it is so much more fun to watch with like that, that like actual real crowd noise. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's jump into kind of the, the mid range a little bit here. We'll get to cheap guys, but mid range receivers and, and, and running backs. Do you think you might play in tournaments? It's funny. We talk about all these stud running backs and there's a, there's a couple guys in the, in the that are really priced down this week. We talked about McCaffrey and Henry and Cook Camaro that are like 8,500 higher. Uh, Aaron Jones is 6,800 this week. Joe Mixon 6,200. You mentioned Antonio Gibson, fifty nine hundred, and James Robinson, sixty four hundred. There's a there's some really good players that are two thousand dollars cheaper than those top guys. Like Mixon is a sixty two hundred, and he's a absolute bell cow back. They use before he got hurt last year. They were using him a ton, ton of touches. Yeah. Um, Minnesota's front seven is good. Don't get me wrong. And I should also mention before I kick to you in this range, we have Raheem Mostert's fifty eight hundred in this range in a matchup that is a dream matchup. We mentioned Mostert earlier as a guy that can hit a big plate anytime, fastest guy out there in an offense that has a ton of weapons now that they can't really focus on him. Uh, what are you doing in this mid range? There are a lot of really interesting options here that I think are very playable. I think I'm mostly avoiding it to be honest, just because I. Are you going too? Is that because you're going too expensive backs, or because you're going like two and one cheap back, like? What keeps you away from this range? You're able to kind of avoid it. I think it's just like the range is a little higher unless I guess maybe one of the, maybe I I'm a little too aggressive on that. Cause that, I think Aaron Jones is like the cheapest expensive guy that I play. If, we, if we're considering 6,800 expensive, like I think it, 
after that, not that all of those guys are the same, but when you start doing that, now you're either not playing two of the expensive running backs, which is like, is okay. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think I'm maybe too confident in some of the cheaper wide receivers that I am willing to play them. And then all of a sudden I have this extra money. So it's, it, it's less a, it's less a, do I think these guys are good plays and more? It's like, do I think that they're better than the wide receivers I can get that now let me have cook and McCaffrey or something right. like that. And I think I just, my, my builds tend to still go more optimally as opposed to trying for GPP upside. But like, yeah, these guys make a ton of sense for those who want to be, be able to get some better weapons in the other positions, because like you said, Mixon could have a huge game. Gibson could have a big game. Moster could have a huge game. Like when the, the range of possibilities on these guys is just as high as McCaffrey and cook and Henry and Camara. And so those guys have significantly higher floors, of course, but Right. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, I, I mean, talk about. I, I love Gibson. I love Mostert. I really like Joe Mixon. I, I like three of these guys a lot. I think that I will build some lineups where I have one of those top guys and then two of these uh, running backs, something like that. Um, I think that's playable in the cash lineup too. I do think that uh, I think these guys are good enough that you could do that. Obviously, that you know the floors are higher than the other guys, but the Niners is tough. Like let's talk about the Niners real quick. Obviously, they are one of the bigger favorites. They're favored by seven and a half. You know, Survivor people are taking them or Tampa Bay last night, which got friggin' lucky, which annoyed me. Or maybe the Rams, something like that. But um, someone asked in the chat earlier about the Niners passing game. I love Ayuk. I love Samuel. I love Kittle. I like all love all those guys. I just don't think it's a week where I'm focusing on the Niners pass offense. I think that you never know how game scripts are going to go, but we've got to trust. We think I think that they should get up in this game, and I think they're just going to run the ball a freaking ton in the second half. I think there's no reason. I mean, I, I like that some of those receivers to make a big play in the first half. You know, you'll get some maybe some plays on third down in the second half where you know, and you can always play Kittle or, or Ayuk or Samuel, and they always can hit a play. But I just think that it's going to be a week where you want the Niners' run game, and that, that's most. That's Trey Sermon at 4500. I think they're going to see a ton of those guys in the second half, and I think Shanahan would love to run for 250 in this game. <laughs> So you stay away from the passing game? I think so. Ooh. I mean, I, I I love all those players. And individually, if you if you have a feel on Ayuk or Samuel and you want to play one of those guys at the price, I don't think that's bad. I just think this is a game where the Niners are going to want to run the ball down their throat over and over and over. And it's you know not as extreme as we saw two years ago in that Green Bay game. I get that. It's never going to be that extreme. But um, I don't think Shani really wants uh, you know Jimmy to throw the ball all over the field this week. I just don't. I just think that uh, I think they want to run the ball and they want to make a statement. I think they want to get up in this game. I think they want to play defense. I think they want to run the ball. And I, I love Mostert and Sermon. I think they're both very playable. I don't think I want to guess which receiver gets the big play this week because I think there will be very limited options for big plays. And I don't really want to get when when I want when I want the Niners receivers a week where they're playing Green Bay or Seattle or Arizona where I think it's going to go back and forth. You have to score more. I just don't think that's this week for me. Do you think that there's any extra value in Kittle since everybody's playing either Kelsey or Pitts? Yeah, in a, in a tournament, I think that Kittle is fascinating because everybody's going to go Kittle. Everybody's going to go Kelsey or Pitts, like you said. Kittle's in the middle there. Nobody wants to spend sixty three hundred bucks on a guy that you know they may they run run the ball forty times in the second half. Yeah, and he obviously the upside is huge. He can make a big play at any point. He's as good as any of those guys. I just I, I think that yeah, you mean what four percent owned this week? Yeah, I think yeah, I think you nailed it though. That if the game plan should be to run it all over them, yeah. And, and so, they're, and they're a team that if the game plan calls for that, will actually do it. We see other teams like they're up fourteen in the second half and they're still throwing. I don't think Shanahan will do that. I think he's going to run Mostert and Sermon every time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like it's really tough to see like a Jimmy G ceiling game in this one. Like even if he has like a great first half, 
you could see him, you know, 250 and two touchdowns in the first half, and you could see him finish at 285 and two touchdowns. Something went really wrong on defense, or maybe, yeah, the way it happens is actually, you know, Jimmy G throws a pick six, they get a punt return, like in the game, suddenly you're down and you're going to catch up. And that it's the NFL like that. Any team can beat you. I mean, it's, they're a seven and a half point favorite, not a 17 point favorite. So uh, that could certainly happen. I just don't, the way that I see this game going, I just, I'm not playing the Niners pass offense. I hope it does well because I'm obviously a fan, but uh, I don't see it. And I, ha- I want you to know in the chat, there's someone that likes the Jacksonville game stack. So we are, we are good to go. We are a green light on that one. Um, you mentioned, you guys other- yeah, actually. Is there any cheaper running backs you like in a tournament? We talked about Javante Williams already. Um, is there anybody else kind of under Antonio Gibson, or I guess we talked about Sermon. Is there anybody besides Sermon or Javante that jumps out to you as you might be playing? Because I, those are the two guys that I thought were cheaper that were playable. Yeah, nobody that I want to play. Like I, there are guys who like make sense. Um, like it's funny. I feel like we're going to do this every year, but like Devin Singletary makes sense. But like, well, let me rephrase. Like the Buffalo, you know, top running back makes sense. But like the way that they've been using them and Singletary himself, like that's not worth. And, and they throw the ball so damn much, and Josh Allen runs the ball in from inside. Yeah. The and I just. You can, Devin Singletary can make a play anytime. It's just it's so hard to get there with the Buffalo running backs. Yeah, like the the that's that's like one of the weird things when that stick out like in my blind stacks. I'm like, oh wait, this is like a heavy favorite. Here's a running back who's really cheap. Like I should play him, and then I like I'm like, oh no, I'm not I'm not playing Devin Singletary. So how about the uh, before we get to the cheap guys at the end, the cheap receivers, uh, mid range receiver. We haven't talked about a lot. Um, we talked about the high end guys. We talked about Marquez Callaway. Uh, who do you like kind of in the, like the 45 to 6,000 range? You know, we got uh, Deontay Johnson, 6,300. DJ Moore, we talked about a little bit, 6,100. One of my favorite players. We're talking about both the Niners are both 5,700 and 5,900. Um, I like Odell Beckham if you want to come back. Uh, I you made, you made a face. You always do when I talk about Odell Beckham. That's exactly who I was going to say. Yeah. Made a, you know, if you want to come back against the Chiefs, you know, he's 5,400. I get that he's banged up, but... Right now he's healthy, and you know it's not. This is not a season long event. We don't need to bet on uh, OBJ's health. I mean, he might get hurt in the middle of the game, but I'm not betting on that. Um, the Browns are going to have to throw the ball in the second half. I know they like to run the ball. I know they're going to start to establish the game by the run. But if you're going to beat the Chiefs, you're going to have to. You have to. You have to air it out a little bit in the second half. I would think. No, yeah, I think Beckham is going to be really popular because yeah. I mean, not like most popular wide receiver, but I think anybody who plays the Chiefs and wants a run back is going to go with Beckham because of that price. And he's still a name value guy, and he's really cheap. Like I think that as you're scanning the thing, you're like, "Oh my gosh, he's 5400." Like, boom. yeah, and it, it looked like a mistake. Yeah, and you, you thought I thought it'd be 62, 6300, something like that. Um, you mentioned Jerry Judy earlier. He's 4800. A lot of off season hype. Um, he had the second lowest catchable target rate in the NFL last year, which says a lot about Drew Locke. Yeah, um, we got Teddy Bridgewater this year. There is no doubt. I don't think anybody's mind that Jerry Judy can get open. He's a fantastic route runner coming out of college. That was the everybody talked about his route running and it got old at some point, but he can get open. Teddy's not going to air it out really, but he can get him the ball in, in you know, the, those 10, 15 yards patterns. I think that uh, I love the talent of Jerry Judy. You have Cortland Sutton also. They have uh, your favorite player, KJ Hamler there also. So they've got some guys yeah, there, but 4,800 for Judy kind of sticks out as a, as a pretty playable spot too. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely one that the area that people will be in. I mean, we have another other guys in this range. I mentioned Hardman before. Hardman is obviously much further down the pecking order than Judy is. Corey Davis at 4,900. Can we, can I pull that move here? Yeah, I mean, it's a guy that looks good with Zach Wilson. I think that I think that's playable. And you mentioned T. Higgins right in this range. He's 4,700. Um, I think I go Higgins over Judy and Corey Davis, but I think all three are on my sheet right now as guys I'm going to consider on Sunday morning. 
I think there's a whole, I mean, basically everybody in this range, um, I guess Brandon Cooks is like a little above it. Obviously that's a game we want to target. So yeah, I think this range is, is filled with guys that you want to play. And it's another one of those, like, if I play these guys, now I can play McCaffrey and Kamara. So it's interesting you mentioned that this is a, you know all these guys in this range. Does that mean that Devonta Smith at forty five hundred kind of goes uh, under rostered, considering he should get a lot of targets? Should be a game you met. We talked about Jalen Hurts before. If I were stacking someone with Hurts, it would be Devonta Smith for me. Um, I just think this guy's really good. Yeah, I mean, that, I was going to bring that up uh, when we were talking about Hurts before. Whether you play him alone, I think if you're like, I have to play somebody with Hurts, like I just I would refuse to play a quarterback without somebody. Right. You play him with Devonta Smith, at least. I think so, too. And the price is right. 4500 Like, if he gets eight targets, I think that works. Yeah. Like, I would, I, I realize, like, Michael Pittman is also in this range. We talked about him before. Like, I I get it. I'm just – it's not, like, an offense that I'm, like, I need to get um, – it's, it's funny. As we as we talked more about how many guys are in the 4000s, I got less interested in Michael Pittman. As we right, know. right. What do you think about the non-Devante Adams Packers guys? One of them is my favorite. One of my favorite cheaper plays this week, and one of okay. my uh, one of my Marquez Callaway pivots, and it's, it's Marquez Valdez Scantling at thirty seven hundred. I know that summer reports are blown out of proportion. I do get that, but every report you read from Green Bay is how awesome Marquez Valdez Scantling looks. And if you want a great quarterback, you want a guy that can hit a big play at any time. He might drop it, but he's probably going to get a couple of deep, deep balls. Thirty seven hundred for a guy with Aaron Rodgers in like the third highest over under game. Um, great rave reviews in the camp. Um, upside is upside is legit with this guy. Like a lot of these guys at three thousand, you're like, oh, can he really do that much? Valdez Scantling can go four for one twenty, hits a couple big plays yeah. pretty not easily, but you know it can happen. You have to think that the that the Saints do as much as they can to, to double Devontae Adams as much as possible. Um, I like MVS a lot, and I think he's a really interesting pivot away from Callaway in the same game. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a great call, and the you know he's going to drop at least one. And you just right. have to hope that he drops like the fourth target and not the first one. Because if he drops the first one, A-Rod will never throw the ball. Back. It's, he's done. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> that's a 35 target game for Devontae yeah. Adams. It is. I, I like that down here. An interesting other guy in this mid range that I think is completely lost at 4,500 is actually Tyrell Williams in Detroit. The lions have no receivers. They have TJ Hawkinson. We'll talk tight ends in one second. Who's interesting at the price. Also, um, they have no receivers. He's the number one receiver. If they, if, if we talked about the game script in this game, if the Niners are running the ball the whole second half, that means Detroit's throwing the ball the whole second half. Jared Goff's going to run the ball out of his hands quickly as possible. I think you could get a lot of like just, you know, 10 to 12 targets of Tyrell Williams. I don't know. You know, we have Amaron St. Brown there too. I just don't know how this Lions stack, how this Lions share is going to work with the targets. I just don't, we just don't know. And like, I can't pretend to know. That's the, the hard thing about week one is we just don't know what's going to happen. But um, if you want to play someone who is very, very low rostered in this range, because there's so many guys in the 4,000s everybody's going to love. Everybody's going to gravitate towards Higgins and Judy. I think uh, Tyra Williams is really sneaky in a tournament that he's going to get a lot of targets for a cheap price that no one's going to have. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable call. Reasonable. That's a ring endorsement. Um, is there anybody else in the 3,000s? We talked about you know the rookies, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones is a lot of buzz in camp. If you wanted to run back someone on the Browns, he's three thousand. You know, he's there. He's their third receiver, so that does make it tough. He's got to hit a big play for it to work. But you know, I think that uh, they're going to need some big plays, and he's clearly another guy that's that's really shown well in camp. Um, Jalen Waddle was a top ten overall pick. He's thirty six hundred. Wasn't used a lot in the preseason, but I think that's more of an indication that they want to save him. I don't think he's a, he, I don't think he's bad at the price either. But I'd probably go. It's hard to go away from Callaway and MVS for me. I just like those two guys the most in this range. 
Since I'm completely biased on it, is Elijah Moore really a play? 3,000 with some targets? I mean, I'm probably not playing him, but yeah, I mean, he's when he's that cheap, um, everybody apparently really likes him. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know know a lot about him or know. I mean, I know what I what everybody else knows, but um, how they're going to use him, I just I don't really know. And I tend to be a little bit scared of guys in the first games. Um, I do like Devonta Smith just because I think he's just that good. But uh, I'm, so you do, probably, you do a Darnold, Robbie Anderson, Elijah Moore run back? Sure. I mean that could and that could work. Nobody's winning money with that. Nobody's winning money with that. But if you I'd, put, I'd rather play Jacksonville. If you put DJ Moore in there, then maybe it works. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Magic, magic bean right there. Uh, what about tight ends? Like we kind of hit everybody I want to talk about already. We talked about you talked about the thing I was gonna bring up with Kittle. It's like nobody's gonna have him because of um Kelsey and Pitts. What about TJ Hawkinson? He's 4,900, really cheap, and again, a game that we think Detroit's gonna have to throw the ball a lot in the second half. Um, Fred Warner's a really good cover linebacker, so the matchup is not great, but like if Hawkinson's getting a bunch of targets that throw the ball second half, like 4,900 is, is pretty cheap for him. I think you can make the same argument for every tight end on this slate, not named Pitts and Kelsey that like, nobody's going to play them. So you can play them. So like, I just think Hawkinson's a little better than those other guys we talked about. I think he's like, I, I don't think he's all that different than uh, Goddard or Noah Fant. Like, yeah, I guess I put him. I put him. I put him in, I put him in a tier probably higher there. But. I put him in a tier higher, especially because, as we mentioned before, they literally don't have an NFL wide receiver on the roster. It's rough. No, that, that, that's that, absolutely that depth chart is rough. Yeah, I, I think I, from a target perspective, he he makes more sense than those guys. But like when it comes to these tight ends, like they absolutely need a touchdown in order to you know get you to the top of a GPP and. Now you're relying on Jared Goff to throw touchdowns against the 49ers. Anybody's listening to us knows that I'm a big Noah Fant fan, but it's just it's the same price as Pitts. It's just really hard yeah. to get there. I think that's why you play Fant, because why would you ever play right. him over Pitts? Right. If you're making your roster and you got these high uh, expensive receivers, you got a couple of expensive running backs, you really need a punt tight end. If you're punting tight end, you're going to love who I'm going to talk about. But uh, under 3,000, is there anybody you're like, I'm just going to punt him, hope for a touchdown, hope for four catches, and, and kind of and play it that way. You're gonna I was going to make a joke here because I'm looking. I just like scroll down, and there's Tim Tebow there, <laughs> and it just says no game. Just like the fact that they just kept no game. Going. Just go away. Just go away. There's no game. Uh, I to be honest, I didn't even look this low because I just didn't need to. You're going to love it. Who is it? Tyler Croft. Oh my goodness. Jets tight end 2,500. Yeah. They shipped Chris Herndon out because Tyler Croft is so valuable. Um, that's not- <laughs> I just, he had two touchdowns in preseason. He feels a little bit like a safety valve, valve for Zach Wilson. I think he likes playing with him. And he, you can see that he targeted him in the preseason. He had two touchdowns. You're at 2,500. You are reaching and squinting and trying to find anything. I think there's enough here with Tyler Croft at 2,500 that if you need, if you wanted to punt tight end, I'm good with doing it right there. Okay. You hate the Jets. I, I just, I, I, I get it. It's, get it's, it. it's got to be a build where you love everything else and you just want to punt tight end as a spot. You really want to be a little, I mean, everybody's going to have pits. So in, in GBP and cash. So I think that yeah. if you want to be different and it saves you 2000 on pits and you can go somewhere else, um, you have to hope for a touchdown. Don't get me wrong. It's got to be a four, it's got to be a four thirty-five touchdown line is the only way that it works. Don't get me wrong. He's not going to, we're not looking at eight catches and a hundred yards by any means, but 
Uh, I think there's enough action in the preseason. I think that a, a rookie quarterback, I think that like, you know, quick get the ball out of my hands to a tight end, you know, is nice early in the season. I think they'll run a couple of uh, plays for that. Robert Sala loves tight ends. We know that uh, he, he, he coached with George Kittle. Um, if you're punting, I think he's the way to go with your punt. Yeah, I think I'd rather like I'd rather flip it and take Elijah Moore. Like I'd rather save the money there and then just yeah. I'd, I'd rather play Kelsey and Moore as opposed to yeah. Croft or, and whoever. Or you'd rather play Pitts and like a three thousand. It, it works both ways too. I, I do get. Right. I just you know I like to get people options and I think if you're going no, to I get, punt, it makes people do punt tight end. If you're going to do it, I do it with Tyler Croft this week. Yeah, I mean if you're going to punt, if you punt tight end because you just need the salary savings, getting the stone minimum is. A good way to go. We talked about defense a little bit in the cash game part of it. We think that uh, you know people will gravitate towards Jacksonville just because they're playing Houston. The Niners are maybe a little bit too expensive. Um, there's a couple of cheaper defenses that I really like that I'd go instead of Jacksonville. Um, I actually like both defenses in the Chargers-Washington uh, football team game. I think that uh, we talked about how Fitz is better than that they had, but likes to force things. I like that. Derwin James is back. Um, I always mess it up. Joey Bosa is playing. Uh, I think the Chargers can get after the quarterback. Uh, I like that. And I think the Washington football team at 3,200, anytime you're going to give me that front seven, Chase Young is an absolute monster. I think he's my, I think he's going to be defensive player of the year. I think it's going to be that good of a year for Chase Young. Um, the thing with the Chargers, I, I love Justin Herbert. I think he's great. But it's their first game with a new scheme. They, they're, there's a whole new scheme, new office coordinator, new head coach. Um, sometimes it gets a little bumpy. And I think uh, you get the 10 a.m. kickoff time. I think that the Washington football team might make some plays here, in the, especially in the first half that the Chargers kind of get into it. Austin Eckler is probably going to play, but has that hamstring thing. I think that uh, I think that Washington might be the best defense in the league, and at 3,200, that's something that I'm just can got to go to pretty easily. Yeah, no, I think it it makes a lot of sense, and you didn't even throw in the whole you know West Coast travel yeah. for the early game. Like, uh, yeah, no, I get that. Why do you think the Bills are cheaper than the Steelers? I don't think they should be, but that's a really good question. Um, probably because Ben throws every pass like four yards and there's no, there's no main way to make plays now, but um, I think everybody just loves the Steelers defense year after year after year. And they're just kind of like, Oh, the Steelers defense. I think they'll be good again. Um, I'd play Buffalo over them this week. I don't, uh, I don't love going against Josh Allen anymore. I think he, I finally got to the point last year. Like, all right, fine. I'm going to stop making the Josh Allen's going to make mistakes line. And just, yeah. the dudes just do. He had that game against the Niners. I forget what week it was. And I'm like, Holy crap, this guy's really, really good now. Like, I, I finally I, I can admit when I'm wrong, and I did not think Josh Allen was this good. I just I'm not going to play a defense against a quarterback that I think is that good. Yeah, I um, yeah, I mean the Bills are 2,500 against Roethlisberger, who you said doesn't throw that far, but I feel like is but forces forces stuff too. He forces stuff, and he's like completely immobile at this point. So if they can get to him, then any sort of fumble can happen. But they're a hundred dollars more than the Jets. Like that doesn't make sense. You really are picking on the Jets a lot. <laughs> what have, what have they ever done wrong to you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. How long is the the, the the book out? Yeah. Um, So I like, I like the chargers. I like Washington. I also like the Vikings are the three defenses that I'm playing in this range. Uh, They're 3000. Their front seven is really good. Uh, Danielle Hunter is back. Um, I think Joe Burrow is just going to not be mobile for a while. I think that there's a lot of bad stuff in him camp. I don't buy into that too much. I think he'll be fine. I think fantasy wise, he's going to throw the ball a lot, but like, give me the team is going to throw the ball a lot dropping back with an immobile quarterback in a game that I think they're going to be losing. Like, give me that in the second half at 3,000. Um, so Chargers, Vikings, Washington are my my three go-tos on defense this week. Yeah, no, I think those are all great calls. I don't think there's anything that, like, I don't think there's a cheap one that everybody's going to go to. I think all the, I think it's going to be that range, though, basically, like, from the Jaguars up to the football team, somewhere around there. Yeah. I can't believe we're at year two of football team. Should be forever. 
they I think there's eight finalists. I think football team was actually one of the eight finalists, oh, too, which, is, which is actually kind of cool. So anybody else you want to talk about any other games you want to talk about? I feel like we kind of eventually uh, did end up hitting it all. I think it was kind of in a, a format that kind of worked out, kind of thinking out uh, roster builds. Anybody else you want to talk about that we haven't mentioned that you think we left out that you want to hit? No, I think we're good. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to week one of the NFL DFS Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. That was a mouthful. Sponsored by WinBet. We do always appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate the questions. I think we hit all of them. We appreciate everybody uh, downloading and listening also on the audio version. If you could please rate and review the podcast, we really appreciate that, too. Helps a lot of people uh, find the podcast. Helps us, helps us a lot. To, wherever you may listen to us, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it may be. If wherever you listen to us, please do, uh, please do rate and review. It would be great also. Other than that, we hope everybody has a really good week one. We look forward to doing this all year long. I know that uh, I love doing it. I think Andrew likes doing it. Maybe a little less than I do because he has to deal with me. But other than that, he, uh, he we, we both really enjoy doing it. We always talk about how it's uh, one of the fun things we do at, at, at this job. Sure. So it's great. Um, good luck to everybody. We look forward to uh, next week. We'll have results to talk about. We'll have week two to break down, targets and all that kind of stuff. So it should be fun. Good luck to everybody this week. And uh, glad the season's starting. Uh, look forward to chatting with you all year. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.